Natalie Berkey here. I'm really excited for the next Lampshade Media show on February 28th. It's going to be Brooke Cardis, Pat Deering, and Johnny Collins. Check it out. This is Lampshade Media Presents Live. Welcome to Lampshade Media Presents Live! Yeah, this is our very first sold out show, which I'm very excited about. You guys are also excited. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is a great night. I'm very, very excited tonight. We've got three amazing comedians. Um, I'm curious, uh, how many of you guys have ever seen local comedy in Columbus before? That's about half the crowd. That's pretty rad. Well, if you guys haven't, then you're getting a very small sampling of what the scene has to offer. Those of you that have seen local comedy before, you know that this scene is amazing, that there is so much talent, and there's so many shows you can go to. In fact, tonight, once we sold out, we started promoting, like I think, four or five other shows that were happening tonight in this city. So... It's amazing that uh, I was able to get all you here, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so before we get going with the actual uh, show tonight, I got to uh, give some props to our sponsors. Uh, you know, you guys pay 20 bucks to get in. That all goes to the comics and uh, also some uh, like graphic design and uh, advertising kind of stuff. Uh, so a little bit of that. That's $100 of that goes to everything else. The rest of what you paid goes to the comics directly. And because, you know, we wanted to offer a little more incentive, Paddy Wagon Food stepped up first and foremost to provide food for the show. So uh, that, you know, that's amazing. They give the food for free. You guys, uh, it's, 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 you know, they're giving to the comedians as much as, uh, as much as anyone, right? Especially since they're not even here to enjoy it. <laughs> but Paddy Wagon is amazing. And you can find them at Street Wagon Finder. Uh, that's a, a link from their page. It's paddywagon.biz. That's Paddy with two Ds, paddywagon.biz. You can find out where they're located. If you, like the, uh, if you like the brisket, the chicken you're having tonight, go check that out. It's amazing stuff. That uh, 15 to life is, uh, is my choice. I get it. Uh, uh, I think it's a throw the books at it or... Something like that. I can't remember right now. <laughs> uh, but Platform Brewing just signed up last month. Uh, last month was their first month with us. And, and uh, yeah, we, we got a little bit more from them tonight. I'm like, hey, we sold out. We're going to need more beer. And they, were, they didn't even hesitate. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed the platform. All right. Find them at platformbeer.co. That's platformbeer.co. And if you go to 408 North 6th Street, uh, they got a great space downtown. They have a lot of comedy shows there, actually, so you can see some really fun stuff there. It's a great space, and they got a huge bar and a huge menu, so check it out. Um, and last but not least, obviously uh, not least at all, The Garden. The Garden is an amazing uh, shop. I don't really know. I, I, I feel weird calling it a porn store. Like, it is a sex shop, but I feel like, honestly, I, I, I just fucking love what they're doing so much. They are, they are doing 
a job that needs to be done, and they are destroying stigmas. No, 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 I'm not, I, I'm sorry I set that up wrong, but they are destroying stigmas. Stigmas. They are working against the sex shame that happens so prevalently in our culture, and they're uh, uh, promoting body positivity and sex, sex positivity, like, they're doing some really awesome work, and so if you follow them, you're gonna see some really amazing stuff out of them. And uh, if you need a, a fucking dildo, you should also check them out. <laughs> so, uh, thegardencolumbus.net, 1174 North High, one of the uh, one of the last shining places in the short north that's still uh, a little bit old school. So yeah, the garden, check them out. Also, uh, just started doing a podcast with them called Sex One Four. That's Sex One Four. Nice. Yeah, isn't that cute? Yeah, I fucking loved it. Um, so yeah, we're Lampshade Media is producing that podcast. So if you're curious about anything to do with uh, uh, you know certain uh, kink scenes or like trans shit, if you want to you know find out more about whatever the best fucking lube is for your particular situation, <laughs> then fucking listen to this thing. They're very serious about it. Like, they talk about it. They have a passion for fucking, like, you don't even understand. Okay? <laughs> so, yeah, check out the Sex One Four podcast. It's amazing. Right now, I am about to introduce a friend of mine, Mr. William Mount. This guy, uh, he's the host of the Sounds of Bustown podcast. When I first heard about the Sounds of Bustown podcast, I was uh, working for a, another local music podcast that I will not mention because it no longer exists. But he, I saw him at all the shows. We became friends pretty quickly because you see people at the shows, you talk. Oh, we're both podcasters, blah, blah, blah. This guy is talking to so many local bands. If you want to hear more about local music in Columbus, Ohio, the first place you should stop is Sounds of Bustown. Actually, soundsofbustown.com. So that's uh, soundsofbustown.com. Anywhere you get podcasts, you saw the logo earlier tonight. We were brainwashing you with it. Um, check that out. That's the logo for the podcast. So, uh, sounds of bustown.com and anywhere you get podcasts, sounds of Bustown. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you your host for the evening, the far more well-spoken Mr. William Mount. Are you there? Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Awesome. This is a dope little thing. Like it's, it's mel it's very intimate. But it's also very nice. Uh, very, very pumped for it. Um, Mel made this uh, announcement way earlier tonight, but uh, hopefully everybody's gearing up questions in their head for the comedians afterwards. Because those sponsors, they gave us prizes to give away. Uh, we got two, two garden bags to give away. Uh, and then we also have uh, two spots on the podcast that you can call in on uh, the guests that are going to be on. So think of those questions now. Oh. Oh, he forgot one thing. He's going to edit this part out, but this is just a live audience thing I'm that actually, you guys get. I'm actually not going to edit this out. Oh, shit. He's not editing. All right. Who needs lube? Who needs lube? <laughs> Honestly, we all need lube. Extra hey, lube yeah. does not hurt. Oh, that was a, that was a high shot. Here we go. Mel's. I, I went to a comedy show, and then I sued the guy that lived there because he whipped lube in my eye. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got one more. Okay, here we go. One more. We got one more lube. And Use it wisely. And a bag. Hell yeah. We're down to two garden bags. Two garden bags left. Uh, those got, I'm going to assume some lube in them. And probably more stuff. 
So you, uh, the rule is if you win, you have to show everybody what's in the bag, too. We're just going to do like a group, like what you, what you got, <laughs> what you get. Uh, I'll go, we'll go ahead and uh, get rolling with this show. Uh, hopefully nobody shows up in that door. I know it's a big... <laughs> everybody just keep a look on... Well, no, look at the performer. Don't, don't acknowledge the people if they walk in the door late. <laughs> Ignore them. Uh, first up, we got Becky Brown. Everybody give applause for Becky Brown. I tripped. I totally called that. How are you? Hi. So I started my period today. Unexpectedly. I had to resort to using that tampon that's been in the bottom of your purse for like a month. (laughs) Opened. (laughs) There is a really big chance that I'm absorbing part of a Pop-Tart right now. (laughs) So a friend of mine and I were shopping the other day. We were trying on skinny jeans and I couldn't get mine buttoned. And I got frustrated and I was like, God damn it. I wish I was born a shorter, skinnier person. And she said, you were. (laughs) So I used to do a whole lot of drugs. (laughs) I did, opiates. But I snorted up the last of my shit and I realized that if it meant that I could get more, I would suck a stranger's dick. I would go out on a street corner and be like, gentlemen, line up, because I'm sucking dick tonight. And I had cash. (laughs) Wasn't a problem. (laughs) It's just so good that it made me want to give back to the community. So the other day I was driving home from work and I stopped at a stoplight and um, I noticed that the, um, the cross signal, somebody had put electric tape over the ring finger. <laughs> Two in a pink, one in a sink, guys. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, yes, this is my Instagram opportunity. <laughs> I took my camera out and I took a picture and then when I took my phone down, I saw two guys standing underneath the crosswalk looking at me like, huh? The joke was literally over their heads, guys. (laughs) And right at that moment, the light changed and and cars started to go. And so I, I got panicked and so I just motioned like this with my arm at what I was looking at and and yelled out what I was looking at, but all they saw was me leaning out my window after taking their picture going, two in the pink and then one in the stink, (laughs) and then driving away. (laughs) So I said my I do skies, woo, in 2017. Woo! <laughs> In divorce court. Woo! <laughs> to the answer of, or to the question of, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? <laughs> My ex-husband said, I do. I said, I do. 
And then I looked and was like, holy shit, those should have been our vows. But you know, it's really easy to define ourselves by how we survive toxic situations, but it's not fair to ourselves. I mean, look at the people from the movie Alive. Look what they did to survive a plane crash in the frozen Andes Mountains. They ate their friend's butt cheeks. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm, I'm better than anybody else, but comparatively, What I did was much better. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying that, um, as my mother always says, when I'm feeling ungrateful, think of the starving people in the Andes Mountains. (laughs) Quit whining and eat your butt cheek. (laughs) But it all started one drunk and dark One dark and drunken night in a damp, cockroach-infested basement bar, I ran into an acquaintance of mine in a comedy show. He was sitting at the far end of the bar with a performer's, sorry, there are notes here, with a performer's thigh high wrapped around his gargantuan head, Rambo style, and was gorging himself like a ravished hog on a large mound of nacho slop. I had forgotten to eat dinner, and I was intensely looking at his plate, stomach growling, and said quietly to myself, oh, yummy. (laughs) Then I noticed his hand stop moving. He had just scooped an obscene amount of mess and was holding it mid-bite, looking directly at me, noticing my covetous gaze. And then slowly and seductively, without breaking eye contact, he opened his cavernous mouth and shoved the entire chip and its contents in. And I can't explain it, but in that moment, that slovenly, gluttonous ogre of a Rambo had set my loins on fire. I quickly broke our gaze in a slight panic. I had just broken my vow six months prior. This guy was married and there was no amount of sexy nachos that could make me put someone else's family at risk. (laughs) Fast forward about three hours and I find myself at the same after party as he was. I was countless beers and mixed drinks in one bowl deep and we were engaged in a sing-along of his choosing, Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. Just as the song was coming to an end, I watched my ride walk out the front door. Fuck, I slurred. That's my ride. I'll take you home, he piped up. I looked around. My only other option was to pass out among a drunken pile of unfamiliar men, and as much as that sounds like a hot start to a great porn, (laughs) I am no porn star. So I accepted and downed one more OJ and vodka for the road. And little do I know and little do I recall, this fat bottom girl would rock his world to the sun rose. (laughs) And as I passed out, he slipped out as gracefully as an ogre could. leaving the curse of his semen in my hair. (laughs) 
From this point forward, for anonymity's sake, we'll call him Gorg. <laughs> the gossip started immediately. He started making strange posts on Facebook. It seemed as he, if he was vague booking me. Eventually, our mutual friends caught on to our postcoital passive aggression, and I, I vague booked him back. They then began to vague book about it too. Oh no, oh no, oh no, I panicked. This can't be happening. I can't be the end to another family. I became hyper aware of what people were posting, obsessively scrolling, hoping it would all die down, but it didn't, it only grew. When I went to hang out with mutual friends, it seems as if they were vague booking live. I didn't know how to address something that was and wasn't being said at the same time. I felt like the entire social scene was gaslighting me. At the same time, Gorg and I were messaging pretty regularly. Gorg. <laughs> we were going through something serious. I had addressed the fact that I was wary of his intentions that night. Had he taken advantage of my drunken state in a predatory manner, or was it something that just happened that I didn't fully remember, and he really was just a sweet and bumbling ogre? <laughs> And as we talked it out, a friendship began to develop. I wavered on trusting him, but he listened and made me laugh. But the vague jabs, both online and off, began to echo our late night DMs, and I accused Gorg of talking to our friends about our conversations. He denied it, but how else could they know? And the gaslight stayed lit, fam. So I needed a vent to someone removed from it all. I told a coworker that I had talked to before about deeper stuff. And after I'd finished the story, he asked me his name. And I'm not sure why, but sometimes when people ask me questions, I just answer bluntly and honestly. And I said, his name is Gore King of the Mud Dwelling Ogres. <laughs> his mouth dropped. That's my uncle, he replied. <laughs> Poor hobbit. I almost wretched and reeled in disbelief. What are the fucking odds? <laughs> Just fucking with you, he laughed. And I laughed and excused myself to the bathroom to throw away my underwear that I had just slightly pooed in. <laughs> I didn't find out until later that he and his friends are part of a local religious quote unquote not a cult. <laughs> That's for later. And the gaslight started leaking carbon monoxide, fam. <laughs> I started noticing from my obsessive scrolling a spooky trend in the Facebook algorithms. Groups of posts, all from two days prior to whatever day it was, would pop up in my feed, seemingly addressing whatever I had DM'd, searched, typed in my phone's notes, and said out loud anywhere near it. And aside from the algorithms, real life had got real fucking weird too. Due to time constraints, due to time constraints, I'll name three. One. Oh, thank you. One, one night I was at a bar smoking with a couple of friends outside. One friend started shit-talking a woman who wasn't there. Moments later, the other friend showed us a Facebook post of said woman angrily, angry about gossip. When I asked what was going on, I was told, you'll figure it out, and then left by myself to process the eeriness of the situation. Two, 
While at work, the hobbit caught up to me to chat. Yeah, the hobbit. At the end of the conversation, he said, I know a lot of embarrassing things about you, Becky, and then walked away. Three, while at home loudly masturbating on the couch, a man from my social scene DM'd me in the middle of it with a message, God, you sound so fucking hot. As much as I fought the idea that someone had hacked my phone and was inviting people into my personal life, I couldn't ignore these strange occurrences that left me screaming inside in absolute horror. If it were true, what were they getting? Messages? Access to my phone's mic? Or God forbid, pics? Have you all seen my snatch? (laughs) So I decided to test it. Messages first. I fired up an old Facebook account I made specifically to use to cheat at Farmville. (laughs) And I began talking to myself. If people commented on what I said, I could be 100% sure that it wasn't due to gossip. And I went to work. At my job, we had a lot of downtime where everyone stood around and talked. That day, though, I messaged. For all they knew, I had a new lover, and we were in the honeymoon phase where we just couldn't get enough of each other. But I was actually cursing them, literally. I sent message after message. May your firstborn be a cyclops. May your pinky toe become gangrene and fall off. May your face erupt in pimples that spontaneously pop and splurt pus on the person you're talking to. It was a a psychological barrage that would only affect them if they deserved it because they knew my shit when they shouldn't. And surprisingly, the air grew tense. Where there was usually lively chatter that day, everyone was nervous and quiet. So when I took my lunch break, I upped the ante, found a quiet rock to sit on where I could be alone, eat my sandwich, and drop a psychological nuke. Seeing as the catalyst of all this came about because of a drunken night with Gorg, I know Gorg, (laughs) I knew this would demolish the heart of the matter, and I sent myself a YouTube video of a classic early 90s song and listened to it as I ate. Boom, I fucked your girlfriend, or no, boyfriend. I fucked your man. Boom, I fucked your boyfriend. He stuck you in. (laughs) And when I got back to my post, chaos ensued. One of my friends from another podium came, podium's voice came over the walkie-talkie in a panic. You have to be careful. There are no brakes on that car. Then the hobbit's voice came over the, 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 the walkie-talkie. She's a fucking crazy bitch. Then another woman who worked at my podium said to me, careful, you don't curse yourself out of nowhere. My anxiety grew to a 10 and I was speechless. I made up a story about bad sushi on my lunch break so I could leave early. And as I was walking out the door, another coworker came up to me and asked, so who were you talking to all day? I replied, none of your business, as I walked out. And he said, that's okay. We'll just hack into your account and find out for ourselves. I screamed the entire ride home. Now you may ask yourself why I didn't speak up. Why didn't I outright accuse people of doing what I thought they were doing? Number one, if I was wrong, I would ruin relationships and come off as mentally unstable. 
too. If I was right, I had no proof, and I would come off as mentally unstable. <laughs> Three, every example I've given could be explained by something more rational in context. So privately, I, I searched and gathered evidence as to whom was responsible. Could it be Gorg working to make me look unstable as, so he could deny what he had happened and save his own ass? Could he actually be the Hobbit's uncle and maybe the Hobbit was just keeping tabs? Or maybe the Hobbit really was part of a cult that was trying to make some demented point about morality? Or maybe... Was it a revenge plot from my ex-husband? He, had he hacked into my phone before our separation in an attempt to catch me cheating? <laughs> and when he did, did he set up some sort of anonymous site inviting the people in my life to watch me? I know I'm not important or interesting enough to want to watch, but I've also binge played The Sims for eight hours once. <laughs> And I don't have pixels over my genitals, nor do I fuck in a blanket fort. <laughs> what I'm saying is I understand the voyeuristic appeal. I went home that night and scrolled Twitter, terrified and wondering for like how far the news had traveled in the year. And I was horrified. Everything seemed to hit too close to home. Damn you, Steve Colbert! I'm nobody! Why do you care who I'm fucking? Or maybe it had become like that one time somebody pointed out a green key of soul and I saw them everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> and the gaslight exploded and destroyed my house, fam. <laughs> I had no idea what to do, so I embraced the idea of having a captive audience of five to maybe five million people I didn't know. If I was going to become a self-aware robot, I would try to do some good, right? So I decided to fight Trump and all the evil that he stood for. I made anti-Trump videos and messages and went on drunken tirades in my kitchen about how people should treat each other. Note that I did nothing with the videos. I just posted them to nowhere. It was just my way of coping, and it worked. Until Trump posted about Kofifi. <laughs> Kofifi. I had, I, I had, I, I had, called my rants coffee before. <laughs> Kofifi, covert coffee. It was a presidential vague book. <laughs> and his explanation, only a handful of people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> God, I became terrified. And so, I, 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 I decided that if there were dangerous people listening in on me, then I would smoke them out. And so I was like, fuck it, if they're gonna make me crazy, I'm gonna make them as crazy as I am. And I found a video online of the 10-hour loop of He-Man's version of Four Non Blondes, What's Up? cracked open a bottle of wine and settled in for the night. <laughs> There's a remarkable de-evolution <laughs> once you start that. Like the first hour was me, like it was a, it was a, a freedom cry, like hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. I said hey, what's going on? 
And then by hour three, <laughs> I'm in the corner going, don't cry out loud. Just keep it inside. Learn how to hide your feelings. Oh, and after that, the algorithms became psychopathic. I zeroed on on posts that talked about serial killers and murders. I felt threatened and scared and alone as if someone was going to kill me if I didn't stop and if I ever told anyone. It was like the worst sequel of Jason Bourne. Except I didn't wake up as Jason Bourne, CIA agent. I woke up as Becky Brown, valet attendant. Yes, I was a trained professional driver, but only up to 20 miles per hour. <laughs> I wouldn't win in a car chase, but if there happened to be a parallel parking contest for my life, <laughs> I'd be a fucking hero. <laughs> There's no reason for anyone to be after me, but here we are. And I, all I could do was hope to entice them with a nice quiche when they broke my door down to kill me. <laughs> and one day I'd had enough. I decided to end it. I took a kitchen knife and placed it against my wrist and started to press down. And just as I was about to really dig in, I heard a ding from the other side of the room. And I went and I looked at it, it was a message from my ex-husband. And all it said was, hey! And I was like, motherfuckers got cameras in the kitchen! <laughs> so what did I do? I did what only a rational, healthy person would do. I did a fuck you strip tease to the air vents at the top of the wall. <laughs> and ended it with pouring candle wax on my tits <laughs> to the song of You Don't Own Me. <laughs> but that was a couple years ago. I've sought help since then. My therapist said I had a major depressive disorder with psychotic features. And I was like a little in denial at first. I was like, okay, I get the major depressive disorder part, but psychotic features? It's called a downturn mouth, god damn it. <laughs> Quit talking shit about my resting bitch face. But I do still see that green key of soul from time to time. I've just learned to focus on other things. So has the story ended? No. In fact, you are now all a part of it. Perhaps the telling of the story will reinforce the fact that I won't die if I do tell it, and I'll regain control over that part of my mental health. Or perhaps there's a serial killer waiting for me at the dark corner of the edge of the property line for when I get home waiting for this very moment. And perhaps I just woke him up. Or perhaps I just ate my dead friend's butt cheek. <laughs> so it's been hard dating after that. <laughs> 
Mainly because every time I try to post a thirst trap pic on Facebook, it tags me as my dad. <laughs> but I did, I did, <laughs> I did get a date the other day. Um, I drive a Subaru Outback and we made plans to meet up at a steakhouse and I came up with this killer line that I knew would get me laid. And uh, so we get there, we eat, and right before the check comes, I lean over the table and I'm like, hey, you want to take me from the back in the back seat of my Outback, out back of this Outback? <laughs> <laughs> and he did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But I didn't realize that when you say Outback that many times, most people think of anal. <laughs> and I didn't realize it till his cheese stick was meatballs deep into my blooming onion. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, I should have bought a Volvo. <laughs> so fuck it, I'm staying single. I'm not fucking anybody but myself. <laughs> So I decided to buy a new dildo on the internet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I came across the weird side of the internet because you guys do know I am a little bit obsessive with the scrolling. And I came across a whale penis dildo, guys. <laughs> Not only that, 45,000 people, according to the ticker at the bottom of the picture, had bought this dildo. So now you know that 45,000 people have had this next experience. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, fuck me with that whale wiener. Oh, uh, 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 oh, do that thing I like, do that thing I like. You want me to do that thing you like? Yes, goddammit, just do it. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm Becky Brown, everybody. Thank you for coming out. Have a wonderful night. Everybody give it up again for Becky Brown. That was wonderful. Uh, hopefully you're all still thinking of those questions coming up, coming up at the end of the show, Q and a, think of them questions. Uh, you can follow Becky Brown on Twitter at funny Becky Brown. So, and I believe she earned the name funny Becky Brown. She was worried about that. Uh, our next comedian coming up, he is on Instagram at Peter Brick, Peter dot Brick, uh, and make your, or just put your hands together for Peter Brick. Hey, hey, how's it going? How's it going, living room? This is great. I love it. We had some people from the outside come in. Is it cold out there? Yeah. Yeah, you guys yeah. warm enough? You warm enough? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think... Uh oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah, you warm enough? All right, all right. All right. I got 30 minutes on this. This is a good bit. I love it. Uh-oh. Man, all right. My name is Peter Brick, and uh, I'm a weird guy. And if I had to uh, 
to sum my personality up with one specific breed of dog, it would be a greyhound because I'm skinny, fast, and small birds do not take me as seriously as I would like them to. <laughs> yeah, they can take me and they know it. <laughs> ah. I don't know. I, I just need to look tougher, right? Everybody just needs to look tougher. I think everybody would leave each other alone if everybody just looked super tough. <laughs> right? Every, it'd just be everybody too scared to fight. Just... <laughs> Which is why you gotta get tattoos. You gotta get a bunch of tattoos. I wanna get tattoos, but I don't know what tattoo to get. Cause that's on you forever. It's like a self-inflicted birthmark, you know? There's <laughs> no getting rid of that. And I don't know what to do. Some people have this problem. They'll just go into the tattoo shop, just pick an artist whose style they like. Tell them, hey, just do whatever you think fits my personality. Artist just looks at him and is like, all right, and puts Mr. Rogers on a, right in the back of a great white shark and he's uh, uppercutting a T-Rex. <laughs> There's a banner under there that just says, hi, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm afraid I'll go into the tattoo shop, though. And the guy's just going to look at me. He's like, I'm putting eat, pray, love on your knuckles. <laughs> like, all right, okay, all right. Can I get thug life on my stomach like Tupac, though? He's <laughs> like, you're not Tupac. I'm putting good listener. <laughs> All right, can I get badass mofo underneath my collarbones? Put in little spoon forever. Okay. Well, I did say you could do whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Tattoos are ambiguous too, and they're symbology. You know, that's a word I learned last week. And uh, you know, they could mean anything. I don't know what a tattoo means. It could mean anything. You know, you could see a guy with five skulls running across his chest. Each one of them's got a barbed wire crown, and they're breathing fire. Was, Dude, what's that? What's up with that? What does that mean? What's that all about? And he's like, oh, this is my wife, three kids, and dog. <laughs> I love them very much. <laughs> love them very much. <laughs> And then you see a guy at the gym, he's got My Little Pony in sleeves all up his arms, like, hey, what's that all about? Each one's a kill. <laughs> like, <"Bleh." laughs> That's a noise I make when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Just a gentle but firm announcement that you've crossed my personal boundaries. <laughs> And I use that as often as I possibly can, <laughs> especially at the gym. You know, I go to the gym. I want to work out. I want to work out in front of the mirrors. I want to exert myself. And I want to know that work's getting done. <laughs> but other people want to work out in front of the mirrors as well. <laughs> Sometimes it's elbow to elbow. And I don't like that. <laughs> so I'll do my bicep curls and just little, little subtle verbal cue. <laughs> clears them right out. Clears them right out. <laughs> I do get kicked out all the time, though. <laughs> I get kicked out all the time. Because you got some gyms you're not supposed to make noises at, you know, like Planet Fitness. It's the library of gyms. <laughs> not slamming it, though. Not slamming it. It's nice. It's nice. I like libraries, and I do like gyms. But, uh, I get kicked out all the time, not for grunting or yelling, but I get kicked out because I keep pretending to be moaning Myrtle. 
the ghost girl from the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just going around. Well, I made it myrtle. <laughs> There's a bassist in the men's locker room. I always skip leg day because I don't have any legs. Just a wispy little tail. And there's no machine for that. <laughs> Some bros just like, hey man, you've been on the bench press for a while. Mind if I work in? <laughs> Swirl around him. Woo! <laughs> Don't ask me to spot you. <laughs> the bar will go right through my cold, dead, adolescent hands. <laughs> That's my overall vibe. Uh, <laughs> some of you are like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> I don't know what to do with me. So <laughs> we're on even ground there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm 29. I'm 29 looking down the barrel of 30. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm excited, but I also look back. I'm just like, mm, could have done that better. <laughs> My 20s. And uh, yeah, but I think I feel like that might be normal. That might be normal. My, I'm getting some nods. I'm getting some no, you blew it. You blew it. <laughs> Fair enough. I cannot object to that. <laughs> I'm working as a janitor right now. That's fine. And uh, it's not the uh, adrenaline injecting career I wanted. I wanted to be a firefighter. I actually went to school for that for a little bit, got certified. And then I figured out I'm not into this. I'm not into this. It's a little high stress. You know? But that's all right, because, you know, it's good that I found out during firefighting school instead of just first day on the job, huge structure fire, just walk in. Wow. This isn't me. <laughs> This isn't my truth. <laughs> this isn't sparking joy. <laughs> Unlike the obvious arson job that this is. <laughs> All right, guys, you got this. Slay the dragon. I'm going to Europe. All right. Let's <laughs> walk out. <laughs> it's getting toasty. <laughs> That's how I walk around a lot, just like this. That's probably caused a lot of trouble in my 20s. Just inattentive to body language. <laughs> I'll do it at parties too, you know, because I don't know what to do with my arms at a party. What do you do? Like, it's like you're getting ready for an Olympic dive. What's going on here? <laughs> What's going on here, you know? <laughs> you can't do the wacky arm inflatable thing, right? <laughs> it's too much. So I found out that if I'm uncomfortable at a party and I want to put out a certain vibe, I stand in the corner, bend at the elbow, and fold in at the wrist. <laughs> and then I dart my head around like I'm looking for insects. <laughs> I 
You'll ask yourself, Peter, why would you ever do that at a party? I'll tell you why, because if you do that, nobody's going to bother you. <laughs> nobody's going to bother you. Nobody. They're gonna, nobody's going to be like, hey, let's go talk to that guy. Like, oh my God, he's building a cocoon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like that one guy from the X-Files kept jumping out of the air vents. Yeah. It's a dated reference, but it's spot on. <laughs> Where did he get that much paper mache? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's weird how we call homeless people homeless. Just kind of boil them down to their living situation. Because we don't do that to anybody else. You never talk with your friends. Like, yeah, I was walking down the street and this studio apartment guy came up to me. <laughs> uh, asked me if I had any spare square footage to give him. <laughs> uh, I was like, well, you, you know you can't give them any because they're just going to use it for a walk-in closet, right? <laughs> you know that, right? They say it's for the kitchen. It's for the walk-in closet. <laughs> It's important to be charitable, though. You know, I want to be more generous. I want to do good. Uh, that's why I want to start a nonprofit where I find people that are uh, bullies, and then I just nail them in the face with a potato cannon. <laughs> you know, call it Taters for Haters. <laughs> taters for Haters. That's good. That's good. I like it. You know, just roll up on them in my 96 Accord. Hey, what? Chess club says hi. Thump. <laughs> Double tap them as I drive away. The first potato is an Idaho hello. The last one's an Irish goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a show pony. I love, I love attention, but not too much. Mm -mm. And uh, I like going to the barber because I could cut my own hair, but then who would look at me? Uh, <laughs> so I go to the barber a lot and I go in and uh, it's really weird for them because I just go in and I loiter. Yeah, I don't get a haircut. <laughs> it's very frustrating for them. Because <laughs> I'm working with a lot of material here. <laughs> and they're just giving like a bald guy a buzz cut. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Went to barber school for this. That man over there, I'd run my clippers through that Farrah Fawcett field of fever dreams. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, that's a good sales pitch. I like that. Little intense for great clips, but okay. <laughs> I just sit down in the chair if you're listening to the podcast I have long hair and <laughs> I feel like that's important it's like I'm missing something <laughs> and I just sit down in the chair and they're like alright man finally I've got you in here it's been three months what do you want <laughs> And I just look them dead in the eye. Extensions. <laughs> they chase me out with a broom. <laughs> to which I revert to Moaning Myrtle. Woo! I don't know. Ghosts are weird. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they exist. I, <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I was, uh, I went. <laughs> yeah. 
I went and got coffee, and my friend was working at the coffee place, and we're just talking. I'm like, hey, how you're moving in this new place? And she's like, she's like, no, I'm in the same place. Like, oh, how how is that? It's like, it's okay. It's a bit small. It's definitely haunted, and the neighbors are loud. <laughs> like, hey, hold up. What was that second one? <laughs> what was the second? <laughs> You really breezed through that. Could you? Sorry about your loud neighbors. What? And it's like, oh yeah, it's definitely haunted. Like, one hundred percent. Like, I don't even. I didn't even believe in that. And it's, yep. <laughs> like, well, what? It, what's happening? So, there's been a number of mornings where I wake up, and there's just little black footprints on the ceiling, like child-sized. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I won't be over for board game night. <laughs> I'm sure you understand. Good luck with that. I'm sure there's something in your lease that you could use that to break. <laughs> More than expected tenants. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be crazy if you just look up and there's just a child with their feet on the ceiling, Spider-Man style, and just like, hello. <laughs> like... And they've got no eyes. Like, hypothetically, I'm just assuming this ghost kid has no <laughs> eyes. <laughs> so they just have to sniff for you, you know? Just like... <laughs> oh, I know you're there. I can smell you. <laughs> <laughs> Too much cologne. All right. <laughs> the apartment's yours now. <laughs> I don't like kids anyway. <laughs> I do like kids, though. I like kids. I like them a lot. Uh, I don't have any, but I like them. I like them a lot. I live with a, in a three-story house uh, in Victorian Village with two different married couples. Each one of them has a baby. It's like a sitcom, you know? I'm just like, <laughs> it's a sitcom. Each family's got a floor, <laughs> and I'm just like the guy who's just like, yeah! I'm just like <laughs> walking into the room. <laughs> I'm fun. <laughs> but uh, they will regularly get me to babysit their kids, and I don't know what first impression I gave off to where that was a good idea. Because <laughs> I get bored, you know? Just like, all right, this has been cool, but you're done eating, and I can't throw this ball to you anymore. Uh, I put in Thomas the Tank Engine, diapers are over there, and I left the stovetop on in case you want to make something. <laughs> It's a gas stove, so no rush. Because <laughs> it, it, gas is cheaper than electric. <laughs> I am nothing if not financially responsible. <laughs> you gotta run up the bills. <laughs> oh, man. Man, man, man. Oh, that was so much energy, and now I'm lost. <laughs> Just like, Mama! <sighs> Growing up, I did not know what the phrase bust a nut meant. Yeah. Said it anyway. <laughs> Said it anyway. Uh, middle school through high school. Uh, none of my friends corrected me. Nobody. Nobody had my back. Nobody was like, hey, did you know that actually? Shh, 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 shh. Don't tell him. I want to see how far he takes this. <laughs> Pretty far. My friends would be telling me, like, hey, Gary was talking trash about you the other day. Oh, that won't do. I'm going to bust a nut on him. <laughs> That's. Hey, don't do that. Because <laughs> I thought that was an expression of anger, you know, like, blow a fuse. <laughs> bust a nut. 
I said in front of my dad, he's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, dad. Like, what? <laughs> you know that means ejaculate, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> then all the instances of using it incorrectly over the years just come rushing back into my head. <laughs> in a tragic montage, just like, oh my gosh, no! I owe so many people an explanation, Dad. <laughs> I wouldn't even bother, just go to college and reinvent yourself. <laughs> no. You're branded now. <laughs> and that's what I did, I, uh, I uh, reinvented myself into a college dropout. <laughs> it has served me well. <laughs> Man, uh, Veterans Day is Monday. Veterans Day is Monday. Any vets in here? Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Good experience. Thumbs down. <laughs> good experience. That's good. That's good. I. <laughs> that was one of the careers that I thought about doing. <laughs> and then I realized, hey, man, remember when you weren't a firefighter because you thought it was uh, too stressful? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to predict this now. Same problem. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I, my grandfather, he was a vet. Uh, he's gone now. And uh, I think it'd be really weird for him today to see uh, uh, war video games. <laughs> That'd be weird. Because this thing, some vets like war movies. I don't like war video games. That's got to be just... I can't imagine fighting in a war and then coming back and just a kid's playing the same war. <laughs> like, hey, I did D-Day. <laughs> Pretty easy. <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> it's, hand, it's, it's handmade wooden toys for you from now on. <laughs> Smashes the Xbox. Here's a rocking horse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the reaction to that would be. <laughs> Vets play video games, too. Hmm. Deep thoughts. <laughs> well, I'll write that one more later. Uh, <laughs> you guys ever accidentally yelled at a deaf kid? <laughs> all right, bunch of saints in here. Okay, all right. <laughs> Right, because you think they're ignoring you. <laughs> no, I was working as a lifeguard, because that was another job. And uh, this kid was uh, diving into shallow water, and I had to stop him before he busts his neck. And I'm yelling, like, hey, man, don't do that. Nothing. Don't do that. Nothing. So I stand up, and I just have to yell, like, hey, man, don't do that. <laughs> Head motion. <laughs> and then mom comes over, is like, hey, he's signing. Hey, he can't hear you. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Okay. Interesting thing I found out with that experience. Uh, when you yelled at deaf kid, the deaf kid is never upset. <laughs> it's just everybody around the deaf kid <laughs> is very angry with you now. <laughs> the deaf kid's the eye of the storm. <laughs> very peaceful. I mean, he caught me yelling at him. He just thought, like, like... Hey! <laughs> More diving. He was fine, though. Good form. Good form. I applaud that. <laughs> We're off the edge of the map now. <laughs> Man, it is cold out there. It is cold out there, and uh, my parents are texting me. Hey, are you warm enough? Are you warm? I'm 29, Mom. I pay utility bills. Yeah, I'm warm enough. <laughs> But they keep asking me, like, they'll text me, 
Like, they've texted me in the summer, too. Hey, are you warm enough? Like, I think if I was Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the movie The Revenant, like, just dying in the, like, Yukon wilderness of hypothermia and hiding inside a dead horse for warmth, my mom would just pop up over a snowbank and be like, hey, you warm enough? <laughs> you warm enough in there? <laughs> you warm enough inside that dead horse? <laughs> Oh my gosh, would you like another dead horse? Because <laughs> sometimes I like to layer up with dead horses. <laughs> no, no, mom, third time, it's fine. It's fine, mom. Dad pops up too, are you sure, son? You gotta stay warm at night. Sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night, my dad's just sitting in the room in a rocking chair in the corner, like the lights are out and just like, hey, you warm enough? Like, <laughs> like oh man, the mom's just like, all right, I'm gonna get another dead horse. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know what to do at parties with the food. What's the food etiquette? You got to eat stuff, right? You got you to gotta nourish yourself. Uh, Hunter-gatherer society definitely does not uh, mesh well with a party. And uh, I'll leave you with this. <laughs> I fight people for food. <laughs> It's unnecessary, I admit, but I go into my best dinosaur impression, and that usually wards them off. Just, I want that cheese. Give me that cheese. Give me that cheese. It's like, hey, man, you're making me real mad. It's like, what are you going to do, bust a nut? And it's like, I might. I'm just like, I'm out of here. Ghost girl. Bye. So that's my overall vibe. At parties, predatory but ultimately harmless. <laughs> give me the cheese. Guys, thank you so much. That is my time. Thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Uh, is everybody ready to rock and roll again? Yes, keep the energy going. Uh, coming up next, our comedian has two shows that go on in Columbus. That's right, monthly. The first Friday at Shrunken Head is a variety show she hosts. And on the third Wednesday of every month at Two Truths, she hosts a comedy show with Brooke Cardis. Everybody, give it up for Angie Healy. Oh my God, thank you so much. If everyone could just pull out your Bibles. <laughs> right? Like, when I walked up and I, I was like, this is the house, because obviously the chairs are all facing one odd direction. Uh, and then I had this thought of like, holy cow, there's just rows of chairs facing one direction full of white people. <laughs> and I was like, all right, buck up, queer Muppet. Like, let's just see. No, it's safe. It's great. Um, everyone's very friendly. That's great. That made it sound like you like you let me pet you or something. Like everyone in the park was really friendly. It was really nice. Oh, good. I have my white claw so you know that I'm a good fighter. Hey. Hi. Hey there. Hi. No, no, no. You're totally cool. Um, uh, apologies to you. You know what I mean? Like you're in the splash zone. So like, watch out. You know, like I'm a squirter. <laughs> like watch, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> not always, not always, not always. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sometimes it's pee. You know what I mean? Like you just gotta really, you gotta really validate your partner when you can. Um, <laughs> I just had a, I just had like puffs of a, a cigarette after not smoking 
for like a, like a like a month and a half or so, and uh, <laughs> it's so fun. Like I'm just like. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Little balloon head, nicotine. It's really fun. So excuse me if I talk really quickly. Uh, at some point, if that happens, just like I don't know, like tug on my sleeve or something, slow me down. Um, but like, I realize how fun it is to return to something you really enjoyed, but is like not a thing that you do regularly. You know, even exercise. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, I don't exercise. I haven't done it in a year, and you go on like one run, and you're just like champion. Oh, look at these glutes. Oh, I'm so sore and I'm so ripped right now. You know what I mean? You just feel like everything. Any, any indulgence is really great. I don't know. Maybe not sex. I feel like don't abstain from sex just to like try to have sex after a really long time because you think it's going to be really awesome because that's just how you get in bad relationships. You know what I mean? Because you just haven't had anything to compare it to in a while and you're like, this will do. Like this is doing it. Like it totally. I um I had that experience. I was uh, I was hit by a car like um, walking uh, across the street with a little like walkie guy, and uh, she was coming off the highway and obviously like boom, came flying through. I hit the windshield, pushed my dog out of the way because I'm a hero, and <laughs> I saved him. And uh, twice actually, he's a rescue, so like double hero. You know what I mean? <laughs> Double, double the hero. I love rescue dogs. They're fucking great. I really wanted a husky, and I got a husky, like on the cheap. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like the dented cans at Kroger. They're fucking, I love them. Like sure they're a little damaged, but they're just as good on the inside. That's fine. I love a rescue dog. Anyway, so um, like I'm lying on the street, and she comes out around the corner, and uh, she just looks down at me. And she just goes, "Oh my god, I didn't see you." I was like. I fucking hope not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, had you seen me and decided, mm, I got shit to do, <laughs> I might have fucking taken this a little personally, Natasha, you know? It was like, it was a really, it was an obviously like terrible experience, she said ever redundantly. But uh, I like, I finally, like the like EMTs come and they're uh, kind of bugging me, like asking me questions to try to determine whether or not I'm concussed, basically. So they ask me my name and I'm like, Angie, and they're like, last name, I'm like, Healy, and they're like, okay, where do you live? And I was walking home from the grocery store and I was like a block away from my house on, well, this is local, on Hudson, where like, by, I was walking from the Aldi to across the street to Beulah, which is where I live. But I couldn't remember that and I cheated. And so I like leaned back around this like thick neck corn-fed Midwestern EMT dude, you know? And I was like, Beulah, <laughs> got him, I win, <laughs> great. And he was like, what's the, what's the address? Like, what's the street address? And I was like, the street is Beulah. And he was like, no, the street address, the numbers. And I was like, and in that moment, I, I had like this out-of-body understanding of like, I am totally concussed because numbers, if I couldn't remember, it's not that I couldn't remember the numbers, I couldn't remember numbers. Like as a concept at all, it just like, like completely popped out when I hit that car. And, and he just kept asking me, I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know numbers. I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. And he's like, okay, well, do you have health insurance? And I was like, no, I do not. I can remember that immediately. I do not have health insurance. And he goes, ah, okay. Well, here's the deal. Um, since you don't have health insurance, if she doesn't have car insurance, and we take you to the emergency room, it could be very expensive for you. 
And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> a fucking fiscal conversation with my EMT. <laughs> when I'm probably concussed, this is absolutely something you should be expecting me to wrap my head around at this moment. Cool. Uh, and so I just kind of panicked, and I didn't know how to answer. And he was like, here's what we can do. Solutions finder, thick-necked EMT. <laughs> we can drive you home. If you think you can remember which your apartment is, you can like point it out. You can like sit up front with us. And I was like, okay, okay, cool, fine. In the meantime, again, my dog is like totally saved because I'm a fucking fucking cat reflexed hero. And 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 he's over in the like corner, like kind of whimpering and crying, and all of these big EMT boys are like, like cooing over him. And then they're trying to get me to stand, and they like realize in that moment that like my knees weren't working, and they were like, okay, okay fine. So they have to like carry me into the ambulance and they like have me like sit for a second in this passenger seat at which point I had a thought that we'll get to and uh, and then all of a sudden because my dog my dog he's like this like wooly all white Siberian husky and he's like so pretty and sassy and he's such a total fagatron his like absolute penchant as a lover is like a thick neck corn fred like EMT dude you know what I mean <laughs> and he was just like in the foot on the sidewalk just being like my legs don't work either <laughs> carry me and they did. They carried him up and they put him on the stretcher in the back. And they're like trying to like having a discussion on like whether or not to like, should we seatbelt him in? How do we strap him down? I don't want to hurt him. Is he hurt? And he's not hurt at all. He's like <laughs> living his golden life. And then we like finally we get situated and they're like, okay, here we go. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? And they're like, oh, right. I don't know if anyone has been in the front part of an ambulance before, but there's no um, center seat. So I didn't know where they propose I sit. <laughs> and then again, Solutions Finder, uh, they came up with this. Uh, they were each going to link their thick, corn-fed EMT biceps <laughs> under each one of my thighs <laughs> as I sort of just like hammocked between their two seats. And we drove down the street, and I was just kind of going, mm, not that one. No, not that one. As my anus is growing ever longer and longer, you know what I mean? Like longer, like a crag, you know, it was so horrible. And finally I'm like, there. And they like, they, they like set me down on my butt like, like a bad baby because they didn't know how to like put me down. They get out, they come around, they like pick me up and they carry me to my like door. They pull my keys out of my pocket and I like open the door and they lay me down on the couch. And then <laughs> like a lamb to Jesus comes this fucking EMT carrying my dog into the doorway, like, like radiating a halo around him, like, coo, boo, 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 and lays his 65-pound body on my presumably broken, but we didn't bother to figure it out because we determined she didn't have health insurance legs. Just plop. <laughs> and it probably would have hurt at the time, you know what I mean? Like, I bet it did, but I was like, body was shattered. And then they lay a card on my chest, and they're just like, all right, later, and they close the door behind them, and then I look at the card, and it just says, in case of emergency, call 911. <laughs> and I was like, brother, I told you I don't know numbers! Like, this isn't even fair! It's ridiculous. Health insurance is a racket, man. It's a total racket. Does anyone have kids? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Are you super fucking happy that they're not here right now? 
<laughs> it's like really they're sticky right are they just sticky all the time i assume kids feel like like a mollusk at all points like i don't i don't really i don't enjoy the concept of kids um i love old people and i realize that's you know from where old people bud is kids so i guess whatever but old people are dope honestly like fuck kids adopt an old person they're way cooler they can steal so much more shit for you with much more ease, you know what I mean? Like, if you want a Twix bar, you send a little kid into the gas station, you're not getting a Twix bar. You're getting, like, walked out with, like, what the fuck is wrong with your kid? Why are you leaving them alone? They're, like, the, everybody knows. They're suspicious characters. You can't trust kids. If an old person walked into the gas station, they would walk back out like that scene in The Matrix where he just, like, whips open the trench coat and he's just loaded, be like, Twix, 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 wiggle, 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 wiggle. Orange Tic Tac, Orange Tic Tac, Orange Tic Tac, because I know you like them. You're the best, Gladys. You know what I mean? Old people are fucking sweet. I love them. They're really cool. I heard this guy say something, like, really strange. <laughs> the other day he was talking about, like, uh, how he wants to raise his kid. And now, like, let me make it clear. I have no intention on having children, but I really enjoy the pastime of judging how people are raising their children. You know what I mean? Like, compared to my absolute no interest in having children's standards, you know? And it's really, it's really fun for me. I was listening, I overheard this guy talking about how he's looking forward to uh, taking his son hunting for the first time. And what they do in their family is, like, have them, like, eat the heart of their kill. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> He's like, because he doesn't want to raise him to be a sissy. And I was like, ugh, again. <laughs> you know, like, all right, cool. And I was like, oh, fine, like, whatever, morals or something. Like, and then I realized, like, if I, if I were to have kids, I would want, like, only daughters. I'd go, like, Amazon style. I'd just start burying, like, I'd have a bumpy backyard. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, bumpy baby boy, sure. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a yard. I'm not killing babies in it, I swear. Um, <laughs> I swear. You don't know where I live. <laughs> don't follow me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, but I, I feel like girls would be awesome. And I feel if I'm going to like give them this thing and I'm going to make them really tough, I would raise them like a, like a praying mantis. You know what I mean? Like just like snapping off dicks and ripping off heads after immediately getting exactly what they need in that moment. You know what I mean? I just feel like that would be a powerful sisterhood. <laughs> I also think a praying mantis would be like a cool animal to be. You know, when people are like, what animal would you be? There's wrong answers. There's absolutely wrong answers. Some people are like, butterfly. Pfft. That's an absolutely wrong answer. Butterflies are gross. Are you kidding me? Have you ever seen a butterfly up, cl up close? A little, a little, and what is, ugh, what is that? That dust? Are you kidding me? They're moths and drag. Fuck butterflies. I absolutely, I do not trust them whatsoever. They're fucking gross. I think it's weird. Like some people are like, I would, I would, I would, I'd like to be a penguin. Penguins are beautiful. They're made for life. <laughs> uh, we've all seen like a penguin documentary, right? <laughs> that life is hard, you know? I'm like, yeah, penguins made for life, but they don't live very fucking long, you know what I mean? By that logic, so did Ted Bundy, you know? Like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Penguins, wrong answer, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my mouth is very dry. Oh, yeah, loosen it up with a claw on your paw. <laughs> Do you know that there's going to be a, a white claws shortage in, in Ohio? We, we uh, drink more white claws. Oh, I have a backup. You know, oh my God, such a lush. I'm just start juggling. <laughs> juggling my drinks and moving my diva cup around and playing a Louis Armstrong little number for you afterward. <laughs> Just crack it, why not? Fuck it. 
Oh my God. How do y'all feel about the new uh, Little Mermaid? This is where I basically am like, who among you is a fucking racist? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I smell you. No, I'm just kidding. No one in here smells like a racist. So, like, good for you. Good for you. You smell like other things, but not racism. <laughs> and that's, that's awesome. I, um, I feel like it's really silly when people have this argument. This guy at work was trying to be like, well, I mean, the thing is just like, I don't know. It's just like, like the original Little Mermaid. I don't know. Like, she was like white, you know? Like, she's white. And I was like, hmm. The original Little Mermaid got her fucking tongue ripped off and her feet cut off. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that we should be arguing semantics uh, at this moment. I feel like that's silly. I think it's interesting that people will more easily accept uh, Belle fucking a dog with horns <laughs> than a black mermaid. You know what I mean? Like, that's like fucking ridiculous to me. And that's absolutely what that movie's about. Like, no doubt. Right? Seriously, like that, the whole Beauty and the Beast, that whole fairy tale is fucking bananas to me. It's just like, it blows my mind. I, I can't watch it anymore without being like, this is farcical. This is insane. It's absolutely insane. Okay, so here's the deal. What is it? Like, opens up and it's like, little town, what a blah, And like, Belle's just like putting on her little apron and kicking the chickens and taking her romance novel to get returned for another. Like, that's like her life every day. And also, everyone every day is buying like seven loaves of bread and 32 dozen eggs. Like, who are they fucking feeding? Whatever. <laughs> Their cholesterol through the roof in France. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. And all she does, so she like goes around town, and all that anybody has to say about this weirdo chick that doesn't want to fuck the hot guy is that she's funny, right? That's all. You're like, what funny? Oh, she's funny. You look at her, she's funny. Oh, funny, 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 Belle. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> Bull fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, bullshit. Like, when in like the history of history has like a hot girl been left alone to just read a fucking book? You know what I mean? Like, never. <laughs> Never fucking ever. Like, that wouldn't happen. Bullshit. And also, they would not just be like, oh, she's funny, oh, funny little bill. No, they'd be like, she's a witch. <laughs> like, burn her, but she's hot. And we'll see how hot, you know? Like, they absolutely, whatever. So that doesn't make any damn bit of sense to me because you get older and you learn history, you know? And you're like, uh uh. No fucking way. And side note, what is she the only person who uses that library, but they keep the library open for her? Y'all still got cobblestone roads, you know what I mean? Like, move your town up. Fuck that girl. She's <laughs> she too funny. Oh, whatever. And then, like, so uh, the whole, like, crux of the, of the situation, in my opinion, is that, like, Belle's father is an idiot, right? So this idiot, bumbling, inventor, buffoon dude gets into a kerfuffle. He's like going down. Like the, the, the man's horse is smarter than him. The man's horse can read a room. You know what I mean? He looked at that like division in the road and in one part it's sunlight and the other part it's midnight for some fucking reason. There's <laughs> just bats and eyes and trees and he's like... <laughs> and he's like, nope, here we go. I'm a white guy. I know best. Let's go on down the creepy road. Poor Philippe. He's the only fucking character's name I remember every time because I'm like smartest character in the whole story. <laughs> Philippe. He was up. I'm like, what a cutie. You know what I mean? What's, that, what's up with horses being hot in cartoons? Is that just me? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's a very thick bestiality thread right now. A little accidentally. Ugh, it's weird. I used to have a big crush on the, um, uh, the girl from the, a Goofy movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's how I knew I was like gay and into dogs. Like I was just like, oh, I'm totally a dog person and a lesbian. That's obvious. 
Um, so anywho, Philippe's like, you know, down in terror trap of nightmares. And, you know, they get into some trouble with some locals. And then they get into the house and he knocks on the door. And like, yeah, sure, the door opens like a tad because you're like pounding on the goddamn door. And he just walks in. He just walks in. He's just like, oh, all space is male space. And just fucking goes inside another person's fucking house, uninvited, and sits down. And then here's the other thing that trips me up. Like, I don't get this. Okay, so like the whole, the, 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 the enchantment on the castle is that everyone is a symbol of like whatever their servitude was, right? Yeah, okay, like, cool, I get it. Like, you served the tea, now you're a teapot. It's a little on the nose, but like, okay, cool, cool. I get it. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> question did y'all not have dishes before you were all turned into dishes you know what I mean like why are you letting the weird guest drink out of the little boy cup you know like that seems and the broken one at that with terrible hosts like I don't understand it doesn't make any sense to me and then there's this point where like everybody thinks that the beast is this horrible character like he's the villain in the story ah uh, I don't believe that whatsoever this man goes down into his own fucking house, finds a stranger in his favorite chair with his mouth on a child. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he did absolutely the appropriate thing. You know, he was like, away with you. You can't be in society. You're creepy, you know? Like, no. Whatever, so Philippe, you know, like, does his duty. The studious horse, the smartest character in the whole story, goes back and, like, tells Belle about the situation. And that's another thing that Disney does. Like, for whatever reason, like, women can't be, like, friends with, like, I don't know, other women because they're all supposed to be competition or something. But they can totally befriend every bird, deer, and horse in town. You know, like, it's fucking... Like, we let them dress and undress us. Like, we have intimate relationships with nature. It's creepy. I don't really understand why they do that. Whatever. So Philippe, like, relays the message that, like, you know, her dad's in a kerfuffle. And then she goes after him, and she comes inside, and she makes her way up there. And the whole time, I'm just thinking, okay, so what are you planning on doing? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get him out? Are you going to get him out? And she can't get him out because she gets stopped. She gets stopped by the beast, and then this moment drives me insane. This well-read, okay, even if they are romance novels, whatever, at least you're reading. <laughs> Beautiful babe makes a trade, she makes a tradesies for her dad, and like she greets him and he's just like <laughs> Belle, and she's like Papa, Belle, Papa, and the beast comes in, and they make a trade, bullshit, like why does she make a trade? Because she wants to fuck the beast, I think that's what it is. Like I straight up, honestly, like I think that's what it comes down to, and it comes down to this moment, right? There's this moment where they have the evaluation, and before she agrees to like what's happening, she, <laughs> she can step into the light, and he does this like Jessica Rabbit, like ankle first slide into the spotlight and like tosses his hair back up. And she goes from ankle all the way up his body and then zooms out and is just like, dibs, trades, whatever, get out of here, old man. You know what I mean? She's like, look at those arms. I'm such a dog person. It's ridiculous. So she just sends her dad home in like the world's creepiest Uber and that starts their budding relationship. It's nuts to me. And like, that's absolutely what it's about. And we feel it, right? He's way cuter as the beast. Then like, as a, as a, everybody's like, as soon as lightning starts shooting out of his fingers, everybody's like, yeah, I don't need to, movie's over. You know, like, we don't, we don't care anymore. He's fucking, it's dumb. He's not, he's way, I don't know. I just, it, they even have a second movie that absolutely codifies that, right? They have a second movie, Bell's Enchanted Christmas. It, and it's when, 
he's a beast and she's a human, not when they're both humans and like presumably sexual, sexually viable. It's just an entire movie about their budding romance during the holidays and they're just playing snow angels and touchy butts the whole movie. It's just, it's just like, uh, oh, oh, I fell over in the snow and you fell over on top of me. It's like the, it's the fucking pervious thing. I don't get, I don't understand. Like, fuck off, get over a black seat fucking mermaid. It seems silly. Uh, it seems silly. Oh my goodness. I scribble all over the place sometimes. Sometimes. I, um, I'm really happy. I like that it's cold uh, now for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, because I can keep my phone in my back pocket now. And over the summer, uh, I cannot because I will ruin the phone uh, because of a development of moisture. <laughs> and so like, I can't. It's just not uh, fiscally viable for me to keep my phone in my pocket during the summer. Um, but I can keep it real close in the winter, sort of, and it's really nice. Um, and also because the skies are really clear and I'm like a big science nerd. Like I like, I don't know, like a successful satellite launch will like either make me wet or like cry or something, you know, just depending on my mood or my cycle, you know. It's really, it's like a lot of, I love it. I feel like it's like a demonstration of where we can best express ourselves and like the best parts of humanity are like in invention. But I also feel like we spend a lot of time squandering our thought on like shit that just makes me go like, the fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, um, I was a... Uh, Using an all-gender restroom in a in a gay bar in Kel Surprise, and uh, I walked in, and it was one of the restrooms that has like a urinal and a toilet, and I was like, "Oh my god, jackpot! Private restroom urinal opportunity? Are you fucking kidding me? I try it every time. If I get the chance to try to use a urinal, I'm gonna fucking use the urinal. I will m at least measure up and be like, what? How many? Like, how wet am I gonna get after this?" Is it too dirty for me? Because you gotta get like a little close, you know what I mean? Like it's not like a fire hose on civil rights activists. Like I'm a, I'm a squirter, not that aggressively. Uh, so I have to like, you know, figure it out. And I went, I was, I was like kind of like measuring it up and I got stopped and then over the drain spout was this thing I had never seen before. It was this like, uh, like Bane mask looking thing, you know what I mean? Like a dog muzzle and it said splatter proof guard. And I was like, what? Okay. And then below the, the urinal was this blue, gushy, uh, like Dr. Scholl's quality non-slip pad. I know that because it said non-slip pad. And I was like, what? Are you, man, like seriously? Like science went to this? Like energy and design and invention went to this? And why? What? What? What is the necessity? What is the necessity? Are you telling me that people who stand while they urinate can't control the velocity of the fucking liquid coming out of their body so much to the point that they just spray all over the floor in their chinos, take a, a step and slip and break their hip? You know what I mean? And we got to help these babies. It's important. <laughs> That's nuts. That's kidding. And also, everything has to say what it does, or it won't work. You know, like it's, it it's, it's nuts. There's a thing. There's a thing called a vagina clock. It's like a real Googleable item in in the world. It is quite literally a pink dildo with a like wind up 
clock face on the end of it. it. The design is so dear. And you don't get to, like, they absolutely don't know their market. You cannot choose your color. The pink is the only opportunity. Like, that seems like a missed chance there, but whatever. And you, like, wind it up, and the, so you, like, slip it inside you, and then you just kind of, like, I don't know, sleep like a princess, because all women are princesses. And then in the morning, it just, like, vibrates inside you, and you have to pull it out to shut it off. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm a little dry in the morning sometimes, you know? I feel like I would just be elongating my, it would just be a trunk eventually. Like, I feel like, God, like, it's like, what an absolute misunderstanding. I, I feel like, who, who the fuck, like, who wants to win, you know what I mean? Like, uh, never hitting snooze, and then always on time. Uh, thank you, vagina clock. <laughs> Women are seeming more anxious than ever. Vagina clock sales are on the rise. <laughs> like, God, like we don't need that. People think people with pussies are nuts already. You know what I mean? Like we don't need that kind of shit. You're not fucking helping me. I would love like a real vagina clock, like something that would help me. I'm not ruining five pairs of underwear every fucking month. Hanes, I'm on to you, bitch. Hope you're hearing this. Cotton corporate. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking, it's nuts to me. It's absolutely nuts to me. I feel like an insane person every nine every out of every 28 days. It's like a spinning cycle of 28 days in a little like inverted circle of like insanity that I can't keep track of because I'm not good at math. You know what I mean? You have to be like AP calc level A student to track your fucking period. It's insane. And you just have to instead suck it up and you just walk around and you're just like, is it now? <laughs> <laughs> is it now? <laughs> I was sitting, now I'm standing. Things are different, is it now? <laughs> you know? And if anybody doesn't really like hearing a period joke, like, honestly, fuck off. Do you know how many broken dick pill commercials I sit through in a day? <laughs> like, pfft. Please. <laughs> they both happen naturally. Get over it, honey. <laughs> like, your time's up. You don't get to be hard forever. You don't get to. Be better and you can get hard. <laughs> you know, like, that's going to be... That's going to be the new thing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have such a bevy of bevies up here. It's a little ridiculous, if I can be honest. I, um, I, I got off track. Oh, yeah. Like, I love it. Like, I would love, like, a real time. Like, so you let me know. You know, like, ding. Hey, why don't you put a towel down on the sofa and watch 18 <laughs> hours of Bob's Burgers? You know, like, <laughs> you had to scrub last time. Learn. You know, like, it'd be fucking awesome. And I don't, I don't learn. And I do things like I'll just go out and I just, like, say, fuck it. And, like, sometimes I do a cautionary cupping. You know what I mean? Like, I put, put a diva cup in for, like, just in case. It's also, it's kind of like uh, the vagina clock. It's always really dry. You have to, like, spittle. It's a process. It's a... <clears throat> If anyone doesn't know what a, uh, a diva cup is, it's a little like one and a half, uh, like cone-like cylinder-shaped thing that sits on your cervix and like catches your your menses, and you can like dump it out, and it doesn't give you cancer like most things do, which is like pretty dope. Or it's a really convenient way for you to boof drugs without tearing your anus. You figure it out. Or it's a full shot size, so you figure it out. It's a multi-use tool. Um, I like it. I feel like it's awesome. It makes me feel like uh, this is a, like a crown. I call mine my blood diamond, really. It's a fucking... It's a fucking set thing. But sometimes I don't, and I forget, or I'm just lazy, or a little too dry, TBH. And uh, I go out, and then I have to like keep constantly checking in a state of paranoia. You know what I mean? You, ever, like, you have to like find a corner, because the restrooms are occupied, and you just kind of like slide in and do a little like doot 
it. <laughs> you bring it out without rubbing on your belly, and you turn it into light, and you're like, no blood, keep drinking, cool. You know what I mean? The dip and check, nobody else, nobody else is uh, checking their oil <laughs> publicly. Whatever, I pay with cash a lot, so like, whatever, high fives later also, we'll see how that goes. I don't even, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I had a, I had an awkward situation, and it happens like from time to time, and this, I just feel like we need to be like protecting and paying attention to something that happens so frequently. Like, this is a thing that happens to more than half the planet. And we're like, this woman, we had at work, we have these, um, like, ant flow tampons, and they don't have an applicator, but they, like, obviously they have, like, a plastic thing. It's not like a bowl of peanuts at a bar and just, like, <laughs> open, unwrapped uh, tampons. Uh, and uh, I was, like, in the bathroom with her not <laughs> in the bathroom with her but you know what I mean and I heard a remark like oh I need a tampon and I was like oh we have these things done and I held the tray out to her and she lifted the lid and she was like what am I supposed to do with that and I was like you have to like put it inside you and she's like I have to touch myself and I was like oh my god you're exactly the kind of mom that has the kid in the bathroom stall next to you that when somebody is putting a tampon in they're like why is she eating on the toilet you know what I mean like educate your kids it's not how it happens it's not how it happens at all. Sometimes it comes at surprises. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like later I'm just going to be so warm and comfortable and I'm going to laugh really hard out the, on the patio after something that Mel said. And I'm just going to be like, <laughs> and like, you lay a jello egg in my panties, you know? <laughs> in that moment, you just have to act like everything's cool. <laughs> I have to pee. <laughs> you're just like trying to get the fastest Uber ride home. And you get to the door and you open it up and you're like, tan leather interior, fuck me. <laughs> And you like gingerly squinch in, and then you look forward at the dash, and you see that like Blue Lives Matter sticker, and you're just like, ha 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 ha, tan leather interior, fuck you. <laughs> Take the brick roads home, I like it bumpy. You know? I'm just fucking changing the world, one stain at a time. <laughs> so, whatever, it'll be great. <laughs> I'm going to start requesting only conservative Uber drivers. <laughs> but only like, you know, about a week out of the month, you know, just for reasons, whatever. Uh, I really enjoy, I feel like I'm a, a sex positive person. I was really stoked to hear about that podcast. Was it Sex One Four? Yeah. 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 <laughs> where, are we, where are we fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, if it's not all just fucking, or maybe, I don't know. Uh, that sounds fun. That sounds fucking great. Oh, isn't that? Well, are you, we know. Sex. It's all of the sexual things. It's all, oh my goodness, I'm so looking forward to the repertoire of sexual things as displayed by bearded Midwestern white man. I know all of the sexual things. <laughs> Here they are on the table. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it seems cool. I'm excited for it. I like, I like talk, I'm never really bashful about talking about sex. I, I don't care. Bodies are bodies, and sex is like fun if you, you know you know, do that right or whatever. Uh, but there are some things I like don't understand. Uh, the garden sponsorship is really dope. I appreciate I've never seen them carry uh, uh, edible panties. <laughs> like that shit doesn't make any fucking sense to me. No how. I do not understand. First of all, that's how you get ants. Okay. You know what I mean? Like nobody's gonna lick the platter clean. You know, like I don't believe you. That's absolutely not the way to go. And like there's a, like, 
I'm behooved, but there's like a there's like a uh, a variety of flavors of edible panties. That's like nuts to me. Who's that persnickety in their panty munching? <laughs> that they've got to be like on the racket, hot topic, being like pina colada, pina colada, pina colada, <laughs> cherry, sweet. You know what I mean? Like that's fucking bullshit. That doesn't make sense. You know? And like here's a hint. It's gonna be cherry and salmon flavored. 45 seconds after heavy petting. So like why? Why? You know what I mean? Like. Why pretend? That seems ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> okay. Should edible panties need exist, I instead propose complimentary flavors. You know? Like a lemon dill edible panty. Or like a ginger teriyaki edible panty. If you really want to wrangle in the Midwestern white man, ranch-flavored edible panties comes with blue dust, you know? Like, really fucking get them. Get you a Todd, honey. (laughs) I'm sorry if there's any Todds here. I bet you're great in bed. (laughs) I I had a friend, uh, a a male, like a co-worker come up to me recently, and he was like, "I, I don't mean this in like a in like a like a shitty way and I'm a little nervous to ask but I just kind of want to like know like how do you like you know like how do you how, how do you like how do you like make a girl come and he like he was like such a weenie about it and I was like I'll tell you how I can make a girl come or other people can make girls come or girls can make themselves come I don't really know just like here's how we come <laughs> and he was like okay, I'm ready <laughs> sat down you know and making like cross-legged he's all ready to go uh, and I was like here's the deal I'm gonna lay this out for you in a way that I feel like you can maybe comprehend a little bit more easily do you like Oreo cookies and he was like yes and I was like great do you dip those cookies in like a like a mug of milk and he was like yeah every time and I was like cool so then you've had this classic scenario you have half the cookie submerged in the milk. You think you've got it right at the right time. Ah, you've overestimated a little bit. You pull it up, and only the crunchy half remains in your fingers. That's okay. You eat that crunchy half, but now you're stuck with a dilemma or an opportunity, if you think of it my way. You have to retrieve the soggy half of the Oreo cookie from the bottom of the mug. And so what you do is you just sort of like you take like a couple fingers, and then you just dip it into the mug, and then you just kind of fish down around until you can like find that cookie piece. And then when you get to the cookie piece, you just slide it over to the edge of the mug, and then you like sort of just like hook under that cookie piece, and you just kind of drag it slowly up toward the rim of the mug. And well, maybe you drop it, and that's okay. That's okay. You just go back, and you just get it again, and you just bring it all the way up to the top, and then just go, and then you're rewarded with a really sloppy wet cookie. And that's um, <laughs> and that's how you make a girl come. Boop. <laughs> um, y'all been really sweet. Uh, my name's Angie Healy. You can DM me butt pics if you want. I have an Instagram. It's a uh, hot bitter biscuits, not butter bitter. I'm really not bitter. I was just high and it sounded funny to me. All right, looking forward to your questions. Have a great night. Keep it going. Keep applauding. Wonderful. Hilarious. Keep it going. Yeah. All the drinks. A champion. Uh, All right. I hope you guys all uh, thought of your questions because we're about to get into this Q&A. I'm going to hand it back over to Mel. 
You guys got some Q and A uh, ready? Your hand is up really early. This is, I am just teasing at the moment. You're supposed to just be thinking about the possibility of having a question. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to ask a question first. You guys think about it. Brianne, you think. All right. It could be, it could be the thing that gets you a spot on this prestigious podcast. Would you like to be heard by 20 to 50 people? It could be you, okay? Depending on the question you ask at this moment. All right. Comedians, come back to the stage. Yeah. Give it up for our comedians tonight. Woo! All right. Welcome back. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a question that's going to be, you know, somewhat like the questions you ask. It could be silly. It could be serious. It could be intentional. It could be something you just came up with because you're feeling pressure because I'm going to pressure the fuck out of you because uh, we got four prizes to give away. So we need at least five of you to fucking act. All right. Because <laughs> this is podcast gold. All right. So I'm going to ask you guys, uh, all three of you. How, what kind of uh, effect has religion in America, what effect has that had on your comedy? <laughs> that's, a, that's an appropriate response, Angie. And so you will go first. I, I don't know. Literally not, uh, none. I, I don't know. None. I, I, right? All? All. Some? We'll, we'll get into the details in your interview. Just give us an overview, you know, just a just a tease of the interview. Oh, I well, I don't know. My 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 family's not really religious. My dad's actually like an aggressive atheist. You know what I mean? Like I, when I was in high school and I learned what agnostic meant, I thought that seemed like sophisticated to say that I was. I was like, <laughs> I'm. I just want you all to know over some roast beef that I'm agnostic now. So I hope you respect my views. And my dad was like, That's fucking bullshit. No, you're not. And I was like, Jesus. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> None? Some. That, that sounds like a little bit of some, though. I'm, we'll, we'll get into it. You guys will hear more. We'll definitely talk about that. All right, Baggy, what do you think? What effect? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. What effect has religion had on your comedy? None? I don't know, maybe the lack of hope in life. <laughs> Other than that, none. All right. Seems accurate. Hi. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, what? I, uh, Man, out the out the gate with a deep one. That's good. That's good. One. I, I think it's encouraged me to work cleaner, which I should uh, qualify. Yes, I do realize I had a, a joke where I used the phrase "bust a nut." <laughs> but it, I was definitely saving that for the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, we'll edit that out then. Should I talk more about that or what? All right. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Keep talking or what? No, you keep going, man. I'm oh, not, keep I'm going. Not, I'm not gonna heckle you. I won't. I won't be censored. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I think. I think. I don't talk about my faith a whole lot. 
I'm a Christian. Uh, open your hymnals to page 12, please. <laughs> but uh, I, th I think that's kind of like I watched comedians like uh, Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan, and I have, I have no idea what their worldview is, but I like their comedy a lot. And uh, I think working clean is uh, something I want to do with my comedy, and I think it's a good marketing thing, too, because then as many people can listen to you as is possible. So, uh, faith and money. <laughs> <laughs> There's some truth to that, because uh, I like all of the filthy comedy, but I also love Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan. So you, you're, you're on the right track. All right, so you guys have had some time. Uh, Brianna, is your hand still in the air? All right, all right. We got a potential winner of four. We have a potential winner of four prizes at this point. So question. Grudge match between Belle from Beauty and the Beast, whatever creepy ghost uh, lies in um, the Harry Potter saga that we heard about, <laughs> and Becky, I don't know if it was Grog or... Uh, Grow, uh, Gorg. All three of you, who wins that grudge match? All right. So this is Gorg. Wait, wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure we understand this. This is Gorg versus anything from the Harry Potter universe. Am I right? Well, it seemed to be a young, maybe female. We weren't. I wasn't sure because I wasn't paying full attention to me. Moaning Myrtle. Okay, so Grog versus Moaning Myrtle. Versus Bell. Versus Bell. No. Versus Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Is that right? Yep. Those are the three. All right. These are characters from each of your acts. We now are uh, interpersonal here. This shit's getting real. Who wants to go first? Who wins in this death match? Well, Belle is still alive, so she's already ahead uh, <laughs> in so many ways. I'm going to give it to Belle because Moaning Myrtle, as creepy and a downer as she is, she, she can't hold things. She cannot hold things. <laughs> she can go into vents. She can go down plumbing. <laughs> uh -huh. A devastatingly sad backstory. She could use that as an opening fight move. <laughs> But after that, I mean, all their her, all her opponents have to do is just be detached from the situation, <laughs> and it, it's just not going to work. So I I think Moaning Myrtle's out, but I think I'd bet money on Bill. <laughs> Gorg. <laughs> he's sweet, but he's cunning. I think underneath it all. But maybe not, but I think that he's just really evil deep down inside in his gut. And I think that would beat out anything else. Fair <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I was initially going to put my money on Gorg. Because, uh, you know, the whole being an ogre versus a, like 16 year old provincial French town <laughs> farm girl. Um, she's not even sturdy. She's but a wisp, you know? Like, that apron is very small. <laughs> but, but it's a tissue, really. But, like, I, then I realized that, like, Belle would just seduce him. She's such a little, you know what I mean? And she's like, I really like your horns. <laughs> That's hot. And then she would just, like, slit his throat. She's a backstabber. She was ripping petals off of that flower like a bitch, you know? Like... <laughs> 
She's Snoop. I think she's a sneak, so I'm going to say Belle. Like an assassin in the night. <laughs> All right. It's a good question. It's going down in the books. Uh, somebody's writing. Oh, Tyson, you can't. I don't think the laws. I don't know if our. Uh, I mean, you are an official producer of Lampshade Media. I don't know if you can ask a question and win a prize tonight. If you do, though, you definitely have to share the lube. Well, <laughs> it would definitely be awkward if I called in. That would be weird. So, my question is for Peter. Peter, that would be weird if I got that wrong, right? Okay. When you were developing the voice for Moaning Myrtle, you were probably looking in the mirror when you were doing it. How did you feel? <laughs> While you were developing that, like what were the stages, I guess, of emotion as you were? I can't do it because I can't. But. Please don't. Well, <laughs> I like this question. We can't. We can't. We can't give him a prize though. But go ahead and answer it. There was a uh, very warm sense of accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> immediately cascaded over <laughs> in an icy, terrified unease <laughs> as unprecedented noises uh, came out of my face hole. So, <laughs> yeah, so I think that was it. It was fun to play around with, but once I actually tapped into it and heard recordings, uh, being downrange from that voice, uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> so I get their reaction to it. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Tiffany, here you go. Ask that question. I've seen you guys doing comedy separately, obviously, for years now. What is the driving force to keep you going in the comedy scene? What's that first? Um, I really enjoy um, making men feel icky. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like kind of horny, you know what I mean? They like, can't feel you. Um, and I, I, I feel like uh, I haven't gotten to do that to enough of them yet. <laughs> All right, Becky, you got an answer for that? Um. If I don't, I become extremely depressed. Real. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder what, whether or not I was ever funny to begin with. And so I have to prove to myself that I was. Yeah. That, that's pretty universal. <laughs> I'll agree with that. Uh, <laughs> was it delusion? No, I... Uh, <laughs> I do feel that though, so I'm very relatable. Uh, I think uh, it's kind of, I've kind of turned stand up in so, like sometimes into a uh, person. <laughs> and if I don't accomplish what I want, that person wins. <laughs> so I, I keep going because I think deep down I can do it. I don't know what to, to like to what end or what capacity or where that road ends, but I'm not tired of it and I don't want to quit. <laughs> so I keep going, and I don't know where that's going. It could be, uh, it could be, uh, 
Yep. <laughs> Tonight it was fucking magic, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> All right. Mike, this is my boss. Right here. The person that employs me currently is now going to ask a question, and I am not, I'm not drunk. Neither am I. Um, so I just want to know from real comedians, there's so many people that we know that are super, super funny, right? There's this, this funny guy, but what actually makes a comedian funny? What is the difference to be up on stage, perform in front of people that you've never met, where people that are funny are funny in front of their friends? So what is... What is the difference? Like, people always think, like, oh, I can do this. I can get up there. I can talk about bullshit. But nobody really is funny enough to entertain people that you don't know. So what's the difference, right? I mean, obviously, you can talk about squirting, which I couldn't. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, just in general, like, what makes people funny? Well, yeah, I, I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you know how Germans roll. We always... But, yeah... So they're gross, they're gross, they're wet, but in general, like what makes people, what, what's the difference between a real comedian and somebody who's just funny if I talk to him? <laughs> this, this question also will answer why Tony Costa was an amazing host last night, but it was a terrible comic. <laughs> hey, no, Tony, Tony admits that to everybody he meets. This guy is vulnerable as fuck. Cool. Um, I feel like people... I think getting in front of people is obviously difficult. I think the thing that... Because there are a lot of people who get on stage and tell se sentences... Um, and they're not funny and I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like not everyone who gets on a stage and holds a microphone is necessarily like, as you so eloquently put a real comedian. Um, and thank you for that again. But, um, I, I don't know. I think it's a matter of like just being able to get over the doubt of whether or not you'll fail. It's like, like, I, I feel like, like, I think all of us tend to be funny people, even like naturally, like, I don't know anyone that's a comedian who's like. Like that I would say is a comedian is like a not fun person to be around. Like, you know, maybe not all the time, but I think uh, it's different. Me talking to people and talking on stage um, maybe doesn't seem different, but it's different for me because well, when I'm having a conversation, like I'm I'm like a part of that. And that's like for everybody around. And then when I'm like uh, on stage, uh, I feel like I'm like I'm like, OK, I'm here for you. And I have to like meet the expectation of like your joy and I want to like meet you there so for me it's kind of like I want to do this so that you have like a really sweet time and then I'm just like yes I nailed it it's like throwing like a really awesome surprise party you know what I mean and you're like oh they were so happy like it's I don't know that's I think the difference for me I think it's timing I think it's um a conversation between you and the audience, there's a difference between you and a group of people. You're all participating. This is me talking at you, and I have to get a response out of you. It's a little bit of a manipulation. It's a little bit of psychology. It's a little bit of um, 
thinking differently than most people. Cause if I, I have conversations with people that I think are normal topics and people look at me fucking weird <laughs> and I'm like, what? this isn't okay. And so I have to dial it down a little bit. So I think it's just a combination of all of that. And plus experience plus. Yep. Yeah. Ditto on all of that. Yeah. Uh, you really got to be willing to look stupid for an extended period of time. <laughs> and most people are not willing to do that. Fortunately. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, oh, uh, yeah, I've grown, I was, uh, yeah, because you were talking about the difference between the funny guy and I started out the funny guy. That's how I made friends, because I wasn't super athletic or, like, you know, I wasn't doing people's homework. I made them laugh a lot. And then when I started stand-up, I sucked at it. So it took a while to, like, figure out how to translate over that skill. And I think, I like, starting out, I knew I could do it, but I was like, there's... I got to set up my own... Provide my own context for this. So, yeah. 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 All right. Woo! All right, you guys keep thinking. I need uh, at least three more of you to talk. Um, I'm curious. Uh, it's interesting to me uh, as a person that talks to comedians from time to time, uh, the way that comedians want to deal with, uh, with, with popular culture and with politics um, and with you know, current events and shit like that. Some, some comedians seem to want to like, hey, I'm a distraction. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a clown. Uh, you know, let's avoid uh, reality for a minute and just have some fun together, you know. And then some comedians want to make comedy uh, really relevant to uh, what's happening in real life, right? And mock certain things and uh, promote other things, right? So I'm curious uh, where you guys' uh, take is in, your, in your, your position in that spectrum. Who wants to go first? Peter, go ahead. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I think, especially if you watch my set, I, I'm definitely the clown. I am the distraction. Uh, I don't really get topical with politics. I think a lot of it's because uh, I feel like it's over my head. I don't have a unique commentary or I haven't developed something on politics and current events where I could, like, eh, you know, pull a George Carlin and just say a bunch of hilarious and like very philosophical stuff. So I just pretend to be a velociraptor fighting people for cheese. <laughs> you know, that's that's my inner Carlin. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it'll change. I think the more as I get older and I get hopefully wiser, theoretically, and uh, smarter, I think I, maybe I will have like opinions and uh, viewpoints. <laughs> you know, no opinions, but uh, opinions that I could like actually present in a funnier way. I think that's I think that might be it. Yeah. Should I pass it down the line? You want it? Yeah, go for it. I don't do topical jokes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, same. It's over my head. I, I don't have an opinion. I mean, I have an opinion, but usually it's just like, angry! And, or, I don't give a shit. And so I just pull from my life, and I pull from what I know. Yeah, I feel that. I uh, uh, I think I'm I'm kind of uh, 
accidentally accidentally topical like I, I just was in an uber that had a sticker you know and i mean and like it just kind of occurred like i i feel like i can't help it because it's my it's you know blasting my eyeballs all the time my earballs and everything's whatever poop but i i'm really i'm not great at following politics like my roommate is a like a political news reporter and uh, my other roommate also works in news and they sit around the table and they'll just like bs about politics and i just <laughs> just smile and nod you know what i mean like i dated a, a russian girl and like when her family would talk to each other at dinner is exactly the same amount of input as i have when my roommates get on like political i can't tell politicians <laughs> apart i'm like face blind to white guys so like i straight up like i'm just like i don't know are they all brian are they all brian is there you brian like it's i'm really bad so i'm i'm aware of social issues but I'm not good with uh, more narrow politics, so I just like don't talk about shit I don't fucking know about. You know. <laughs> All right, we got a question. All right, now uh, I don't know how much microphone I have here. I think I got this. I think I got this. All right, here you go. So Columbus doesn't always get the respect I think we deserve in uh, the comedy scene nationwide. Where do you guys think that Columbus fits? in the national comedy scene, or even the state of Ohio. <laughs> All right, let's uh, do some ranking. Tiny Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'd say tiny Chicago. That uh, we're a very good place to cut your teeth doing stand-up. The rent is low. Than, uh, it's lower than any of the coasts. So you could live here, do comedy, and then when you get like, you know, super vetted on it, you can you can move somewhere else. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a breeding ground. <laughs> so do you do you really love me? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I I I I kind of have. I get in an interesting conversation with people uh, who have like they're like Columbus is a really great breeding ground, and I get that but I also really don't I feel like we don't give Ohio even like the credit that like and I'm not like I swear to god I don't have like live laugh love on my wall and again sorry if anybody does sorry Todd but like I I like I, I don't mean it to be like hokey or anything but like I really love Columbus like I think it's fucking it's a sweet city it's growing immensely and I get in like conversations with people who are always like, so when are you going to like move to like Chicago or like whatever? And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to like, you know what I mean? Like make Woo! production come here, like make yeah. good stuff come here, pay me money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And thank you, Mel, <laughs> for paying me money. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like this is an art and we should respect it. And like being like a, a transient city, just being like a bus stop just kind of seems like a bummer to me. But to admit, I also do very little to change that. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> oh, we got oh yeah, just to, yeah to jump onto that. Yeah, Ohio. Um, you know, we have multiple comedy clubs. There's Go Bananas in Cincinnati, and it's they're short drives. It's like an hour. That's that's nothing for. Uh, yeah, Wiley's. You got uh, Dayton Funny Bone. There's a Funny Bone here in Columbus. And yeah, it's. Real quick, off the top of your heads, uh, let's give some shows that happen right here in Columbus. Comedy Town at Cafe Kerouac. Yeah, it is tonight. It's at tonight. Uh, I think it's the third. 
Yeah, third Friday, third Friday of the month, I think. It's I can't. the second Friday because that's tonight, right? Uh, yeah. Oh man, I can count time. Uh, second Friday, uh, <laughs> Comedy Town, second Friday at Cafe Kerouac. Okay. None of this is relevant for this uh, era. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> you all can see the last show of a really fucking amazing show at, at, uh, at Cafe Kerouac next month, though. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You all can do that. Yeah. It's a 8 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Be there or be a square. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have to look at my calendar. Um, oh. Evening with the Berkeys is that the first Friday? First Friday. First Friday. Followed up by first Friday. Uh, Wonder Doug Variety Show. Yeah, which Angie Healy basically at Shrunken like, Head fucking, uh, is is hosting, right? Yes, according to my announcements earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I am the host of that show. Yeah. All right. All right. We got two more questions in this audience. I haven't found them yet. Um, oh, you guys got questions. Okay, I can have a question. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So you all have a very different style of comedy, which all are hilarious. When, as you've developed your style, how true have you stayed to like your original way of, pre of presenting yourself? Like, Is it morphed significantly? Have you stayed true to kind of your original? I don't know. You get what I'm saying? All right. Larry the Cable Guy. Is that what you, <laughs> Oh my god, whatever. He's fucking rich. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's fine. You can look at my ass crack. I don't care. Um, is that that's what he does, right? On stage or something? I've not seen it. I do like Ron White. They're all part of the like same deal, right? The blue yeah, 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 He's like, great cuz he's like rich and shitty about it and I'm like good for then? you. <laughs> oh, a character? Oh, um, I, oh, I definitely changed. When I first started doing comedy, I had like the, I left the microphone in the stand and like didn't really move very much. And then I got braver and I took the microphone out. And then I saw like every uh, comic I knew around me, which were mostly like white dudes, would just like talk like this into the microphone. And so I just like did that for like a couple weeks. And I was like, Jesus, Christ, what is this? And also, ew, you know what I mean? Like. Good form. It was, it was really good. Um, and I just committed to uh, being, like, gesturing a little bit more broadly and eating up more stage. Like, my my favorite comedian of all time is Robin Williams. And that man will just, like, take up an entire stage. And you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't even, like, hold a microphone because he's just, like, he can't. They would have to keep tossing him then because he would just lose him in the audience the whole time. And I, I love that. So I feel like I let that influence me a little bit more. Um, I always tried to do like an absurdist one-liner thing when I first started, and then I always liked the whole honesty um, storytelling vibe, which are two kind of different things. I tried to combine them. Um, but um, my main focus over the years has been to try to get everything everything I need to say in as few as words, words as possible, and I kind of like that vibe, so it's just a... a <laughs> Word economy, it's good. <laughs> uh, I, I think I've stayed pretty much the same. It's just escalated. <laughs> it's like a, a pony on Adderall, and the dosage has gone up over time. It's the same pony. <laughs> And it's doing the same stuff. 
but now it's just how can I take this to the next level and put more nitrous <laughs> into this pony? <laughs> that's a that's a fast pony. All right, oh, oh over here, real close to the stage. Uh, this is another VIP seat. Um, oh, and I just stepped on our on our other VIP seats. <laughs> By VIP here, you're the host will step on you. All right, all right. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pressure you guys. All right, all right. What's that? What's that? Oh, you got a question? Is that what you said? Oh, oh, she's got one. I knew, I knew. I have this like weird spiritual intuition, like God speaks to me and He tells me who has a question. It, no, it's real. It's real. I've tested it scientifically. And I knew I approached you. I approached you because I knew you had a question. All right, I'm going to give you the mic. Who is your favorite fan member here? Oh, my God. Oh, man. This is, uh, this is, we're all drunk. Let's fucking do it. I'm looking for, like, a ratio. If you all don't answer me, like, you know, that's okay. <laughs> Wait, so who's our favorite fan here? Oh. Yeah, you asked me a very good question, and you talked about my voice, and you said stuff too, <laughs> and then you said a thing, <laughs> and then affirmation poured into my veins. It's you guys over here. You guys are the real MVPs. Mel is so cool. It's so, it's you guys. It's you guys. It's you in the back. It's you in the back. Mel, Mel, Mel. Thank you for doing that. Uh, it's totally. It's you, Mel. Yes! And then you, you second, because I feel like you'd fight about it, you know? Like. All I wanted! <laughs> All right, anybody? Peter, what other impressions do you have, and does anybody else do impressions? All right. Let's see. Uh, okay, so running down the list, moaning myrtle. Uh, the random ghost child. Hello. Uh, very close to each other. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can uh, do Kronk uh, uh, from Emperor's New Groove. Uh, uh, Cusco's poison, poison for Cusco's. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yzma didn't like my spinach rolls. All right. Well, this guy was talking to me over here, and then he was telling me to do that, but I don't know. Um, and then I can do uh, Patrick Warburn, who is the voice of Kronk. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, as Joe on Family Guy, hey, Peter. <laughs> um, I, can do, I can do Gollum. I can do Gollum from Lord of the Rings. It's nasty Hobbit's food. <laughs> and there might be some others that I just have not. <laughs> I, uh, One more. 
One more. One more. Gotta remember one more. One more. I think I can do Cleveland Brown uh, from, uh, oh, that's nasty. <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, hanging out with my main man, Brian. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, just having a good time, you know, just uh, doing a podcast. It's uh, it's fun. It's in a living room. That's uh, <laughs> You know, it's not Carnegie Hall, but, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's fine. We'll get there, you know? It'll be fun. <laughs> this is my impression of an asshole. <laughs> Very visual! <laughs> oh, my God, Becky Brown, you tickle me, you goof. Um, I don't know. I'm terrible at impressions. Um, I, okay, so <laughs> this is my impression of uh, all of the men that come into the tap room at the brewery that I work at. Um, if I'm the person behind the bar, but there's also a guy behind the bar with me. It's... For those of you playing the game at home, I'm just standing here with my eyes wide and mouth agape like a drooling buffoon. Hi, how are you? What can I get for you? Yeah, so anyway, dude, um, I was just like looking for a beer, anything like Bud Light, and that's, um, that's where we leave off. That's my impression. Yeah. We do not have Bud Light, but we do have the uh, the the Cleveland uh, Palesner by Platform Brewing. <laughs> All right, there's one. I feel like there's just uh, my spiritual intuition. This thing I have. Oh, in the back corner. No, uh, you're you're kind of mouthy, actually. All right, back in the corner. This is one of the first people that showed up tonight. Waited the longest to laugh. All right, let's give it up for this uh, guest tonight. I've uh, I've definitely forgotten his name, but I'm like six deep in the whiskey right now. So uh, give us your name again. Jr. Jr. Uh, for the three comedians, um, who are you wearing? Versace, Lululemon, Costco. All right, this is my favorite question of the night. Who wants to take that first? All right, Angie's in. Um, I've got Ikea rug with sleeves. Um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I've got right now. Walmart. Kohl's. Famous footwear. Yes. Yeah. And what's it start with the B? It's on Main Street in Reynoldsburg. It's the... Big lots. No. <laughs> <laughs> but very close. <laughs> it's by uh, Value City Furniture. It's next door. Burlington Coat Factory leggings. I got two for ten. Two for ten. Woo! 
I'm wearing my roommate's shirt that doesn't fit him anymore. <laughs> it's by Morona. It's good. And then I'm wearing Levi's skinny jeans, so you know, so you know I have quads. And then uh, <laughs> straight cut, they just disappear. And then I'm wearing some old high top Converse's that have been aerated by the ravages of time. <laughs> All right, guys. Now, we have some prizes to give away. Um, so, we have Angie and Becky are going to be our judges tonight. I've decided. I've decreed. All right. So, let's pick a call-in. Who is, what, what question among the questions you had tonight made you think that you want to talk to him the most? All right. All right. I knew as, you were the first questioner. Well, yeah, like we're going to talk to you for like 30 minutes during the interview. Yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll have a great conversation. You might even be able to like, you know, change the podcast for the future, you know? Yeah, no, I don't know about that. Let's, let's not be dramatic. All right, do we have another one? What, what is uh, maybe uh, the next... The next question that, that dr dramatically affected you. Um, I really, I really enjoyed the gentleman that uh, asked the difference between real comedians and just funny people. Spirit fingers over there. All right, next up. So, who gets the garden gift bags? We got one. Check that out, Angie, because there's one that requires testicles. I know that. <laughs> so we need to give this one to somebody that has. Uh, either a pair of testicles themselves or a pair of testicles that they want to use this product on. Okay. I'm just saying, if you accept this. Let's go. I want to see them balls out. That's the other one. Yeah, this is, this is, um, this is anybody's game. All right. Somebody with testicles catch this bag. Just throw it. Tighten that thing up. Tighten that thing up and throw it. Come on, Tyson, give it up. Just don't give it. Don't give it to Brienne. <laughs> I love her. He gave it to Brienne. He did. My boss has won three prizes tonight. All right. All right. All right. Who is getting what? Tell us what's in this bag. Um, okay. Joe... Dona? It's a butt hug for you and your friends. Oh! I actually feel like that's actually a back massager. There is ball stretchers. <laughs> Some loom, which my friend Diane specifically requested. Menopause. And a, and a lovely bag here. Wait, hold on. I think maybe we lost something else. There's definitely more lube. Well, there's, okay. I think that might be it. Hold on. I think there's more lube here. Yes. So we've got lube, um, ball stretchers, uh, and this guy didn't know what he was until. Joe, Joe Donna. Some Joe Donna. You heard it. Ball stretchers next on NPR. All right. Next prize goes to which question? Confer amongst yourselves, judges. 
All right, Angie has decided. She has seen the prize, and she has judged you personally. JR. All right, let's uh, let's hear the unbagging tonight. All right, here we go. Here we go. It's slowly opening. He is he is wrinkling the bag. He's pulling it out. He is observing it. That looks like a lot. <laughs> but it, it says midnight, and I'm too old to read the small print. <laughs> it's a butt plug! <gasps> oh, my God! It's a silicone bunny butt plug. Uh, the podcast is over, Angie. Can you uh, can you give us our new official podcast ending? <laughs> Get off me! <laughs> All right. All right. The good times are over, but there's other good times about to start. Stay for the after party. This program is produced by Lampshade Media, hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Chipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food, Platform Brewing Company, and The Garden.